This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 8.49 a.m. You're listening to The Morning Run with Shazana Shaoning and Keith. We have the opening bell in about 15 minutes and we'll also cover the outlook for the palm oil industry in 2024. In the meantime, though, let's turn our attention to the shipping industry. It's been more than two months since the Houthi rebels began targeting commercial vessels traveling in the Red Sea region. And the situation has only intensified with the U.S. and U.K. responding through a series of targeted strikes aimed at protecting trade through this crucial shipping route. In response to this escalating tension, a growing number of companies are rerouting their ship lines away from the Red Sea while some choose to risk the danger. As this vital route carries around 12% of the global maritime trade, what are the ripple effects of the Red Sea diversions on the local industry and could this actually fuel inflation fears in the short term? For some insights, we have on the line with us Dato Ruben Ganalingam, Executive Chairman and Group Managing Director of Westport Holdings. Good morning, Ruben. Thanks very much for joining us. Firstly, could we find out whether there are Malaysian ships uh, using the Red Sea route and how impactful has this crisis been for the overall Malaysian industry? Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, firstly, there are not many Malaysian ships itself that actually cross through these routes um, because there are not many Malaysian ships that do containerized cargo these days anyway. But in general, there are many ships calling Malaysian ports that then go through these these, these routes. So so th- those ships are definitely affected. Um, the main way they're affected is basically, you know, they have to reroute. Some of them have to reroute and therefore the journey times are longer which will then lead to, you know, delays of some of those vessels coming back. But these delays are not something that will be there for a long time because shipping lines have many, many tools at their disposal to try and, uh, you know, uh, normalize this by by putting more ships or uh, sailing faster because a lot of some of them have been, you know, uh, slow steaming. So I think, you know, whilst there may be delays in the short term, I think over a period of two, three months, everything will start to normalize through the longer routes as well. So due to the crisis, shipping lines have begun rerouting their vessels. How much of a delay are you seeing? What does this mean for the industry? So we saw a bit of delay in the first two weeks of this year, but we can see it start to normalize already now. So, you know, so as a result, you know, because when you first start to divert, obviously the ships take a long time to come back from Europe or Mediterranean. But, but as now, you know, as I said, once after a while, they start getting used to it. Uh, they just deploy more vessels or, you know, start speeding up those vessels and therefore the routes become a lot more stabilised after that. What does this then mean, though, for freight rates, which we actually just only began to see normalisation in 2023? Is there an uptick? So definitely freight rates are going to go up um, in the meantime. And it actually has gone up really quite a bit in some of these, especially in some of these trades. Uh, the ones which are not affected by this has not been has not gone up, but you know we, we also have another issue in the Panama Canal where even that's congested slightly. So so you you see because of the Panama Canal congestion and also the the Red Sea issue, you you will see you know freight rates going up on those two areas mainly. But there's also a trickle down effect because these vessels, more vessels are deployed here, so you see some freight rates going up on other trade lanes as well as a result of the supply and demand of ships. So freight rates are expected to go up, but as I said, I think after a while, once they start normalizing, um, it will start to come back down quite quickly. Also, you know, it depends how long this this you know conflict is going to last. And I think once the conflict is over, I think the freight rates will start to normalize very quickly after that. Hmm. Okay, because there is a uh, rise in prices, right? So container line rates, according to Bloomberg, have surged well ten percent. And the rates between Asia to Europe are 22% and the U.S. East Coast by 11%. 
so your point is basically you don't see these rates to continue to rise or is this new higher rates the norm? I think the rates actually gone up a bit more than that by now. Mm. The, but I, I don't see them lasting very long um, because, you know, I mean, unless this conflict lasts a very, very long time. So so I think that, that is the key part here. You know, if you know how long this conflict is going to last, then it's easy to estimate how long these freight rates will remain high. Um, but as I said, also once you know, once the, these 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 trade lanes start to rationalize, um, you know, whether it's going around the Cape or you know, etc., or, or as as you said just now, some shipping lines are still going through the Red Sea and and have you know and, and are, are actually doing it successfully. So as as they continue to, as they continue to normalize that way, I think the freight rates start to stabilize slightly. But I think they will be still higher because. Going around the Cape means it's a longer journey. Mm. Going around the Cape means you burn more fuel. So I think, that, you know, from that sense, it will have to be slightly higher for as long as this conflict is there. Mm. With rising geopolitical tensions in Europe and the Middle East, I guess I'm looking to see what kind of trends that you're seeing um, in terms of dependence for ASEAN. Are you seeing more nearshoring and sourcing from within the region um, as a result of what's happening in other parts of the world? Um, I, I think we we here um, in this region, we near source and 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 bring stuff here to um, to supply to Europe and and and, and the Mediterranean um, and the West and, and and the US as well. So it's not so much we are sourcing from those locations. So you know we're not really sourcing much from Europe or the US. So we're actually supplying to that to those areas. So. Mm. So in terms of what we're waiting for them for that to come back here, most of the boxes, most of the ships come back here in mostly empty cargo. So it's not as though we're missing much, except for empty boxes. And that's one of the things that we can see that um, Asia is going to start having a shortage of soon. But you know, I think then there'll be more boxes moving around back quickly in different ways to 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 solve that part. As I said, I think I don't think there'll be a long term impact either. But we're not really sourcing from Europe um, in in that sense. Um, and we're actually more exporting towards those those areas. So, so this is where our exports might get slower to reach the final destination, um, and of course our exports might be a bit more expensive. But I don't think it's based. I don't think it's going to affect our imports in a very big way. Uh, Ruben, I'm I'm just curious. Uh, the government imposed a maritime ban on Israel affiliated vessels, and they singled out Israel's largest shipping firm, Zim. This was exactly one month ago. What has the impact been on Malaysia, if if any, perhaps in terms of loss of of revenue or anything like that? I think it's quite minimal because um, they wasn't calling here in a very big way in the first place. So I don't think we expect to see large volume declines from this um, ban. Rubens, while we have you on the line, can you give us an outlook on your industry? What's the outlook like for shipping and ports for the year ahead? Well, I think we're still seeing some positive growth overall. Of course, I don't think we need any more conflicts. Hopefully, the world politicians decide that enough wars at the moment. Um, but in, in general, I think we, we're all seeing, still seeing some positive growth for in terms of container volumes this year. Um, so, you know, of course, it probably would have been higher if we didn't have these conflicts. But, but overall, we, we still believe it's positive. And I think, you know, for us, we're maintaining our um, single-digit growth rate for, for 2024. And since you have the platform, is there anything on your wish list from, from the government in terms of how we can actually move the industry forward, at least make Malaysia a real centre, regional hub for, you know, logistics and transportation? I think the government's doing quite a lot. Um, I think when I was on on the call, I mean on the show earlier, mm. um, a couple of months ago, I, I said you know the the you know, national single window is something that they're doing very well. 
And I think they're, they're trying to get a lot of parties together to, to smoothen out a lot of the, um, you know, uh, bureaucracy that we have and try to clean up a lot of those things. And I think, you know, steps in those directions is, is the first thing that, you know, we always want. Of course, I speak on behalf of all ports. I think the roads leading to ports have so have to be, you know, upgraded. And I think they're doing a good job from that aspect as well. So, so a lot of things that we want from them are actually doing at the moment. And therefore, uh, we're quite pleased with, you know, the cooperation we have from the government at the moment. Ruben, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Datuk Ruben Ganalingam, Executive Chairman and Group Managing Director of Westport Holdings, talking to us about how the Malaysian shipping industry is faring um, as a result of all the tensions that we see over in the Red Sea. Thankfully, uh, not too much uh, spillover, I mm-hmm. think, in terms of um, industry volumes or what we're seeing here uh, and uh, in terms of freight charges as well. He's quite um he doesn't think it will last actually the the rise that we're seeing and i think this is because there is maybe perhaps a bit of oversupply situation just before this red sea crisis uh we did see some of the biggest shipping companies cut back in terms of the number of staff they had musk uh was retrenching quite significantly hinting perhaps that they were anticipating a slower 2024 so this freight rate he doesn't you know he probably thinks things will normalize very quickly if not, I mean, in terms of, uh, he did point out the, f- the fact that if you, if they can't go via the Red Sea, they had to end up going, uh, you know, down the the, the Cape of uh, Good Hope down down to South Africa. You know, the increased charges in insurance and the risks, those are just going to add up if things persist. All right, eight fifty nine in the morning. We're heading into the nine a.m. news bulletin, but first, a quick message. Artificial intelligence and ESG factors remain integral in the current investment landscape, and twenty twenty three marked a significant turning point for generative AI, contributing substantially to the remarkable thirty five percent returns observed in Nasdaq. Simultaneously, the ESG movement has exerted a profound influence on investment strategies. So, how can you ensure your investments represent best practice in ESG? And what are the ways to realise AI's investment potential without getting caught in the hype? Join us as we discuss ways to integrate AI and ESG frameworks into your investment strategy with Abel Lim, Head of Wealth Management Advisory and Strategy at UOB. Tune in to Wealth Advice That Matters on Wednesday, 24th of January at 8.45am. Brought to you by UOB Privilege Banking. After the news bulletin, we have the opening bell as well as Market Insights with Vishnu Varathan of Mizuho Bank. Stay tuned to BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.